This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. The Buck Sexton Show. Joined now by our friend Sean Davis. He is the co-founder of The Federalist. You can read his latest on thefederalist.com. And also, definitely give him a follow on Twitter. Watch him as he just lambastes trolls left and right at Sean M. D.A.V. Sean, great to have you. Great to be on. Thank you, Buck. All right, election day is here. First thoughts, what are they, Sean? I'm so, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. My bad. I said election day is here. Your first thoughts are what? Oh, none of them are good. I don't know if they're shareable on the radio. Um, I kind of look at our choices between Trump and uh, Hillary, and I feel like the Simpsons in that Halloween episode having to choose between Kang and Kodos. I haven't. I don't know that one, but sure. Oh, buck, buck. Americana. I know. I miss a lot of South, uh, South Park and Simpsons references. It's much It's much to my everlasting shame. I need to get on that. Well, nobody's perfect. I'll let it go. Thanks. Um, I, I think uh, America is choosing the form of its destructor today. Um, they can either go with a uh, golden-haired uh, con man from New York or a golden-haired con lady from New York. Can we make fun of the Democrat hysteria a little bit, though? Like, for example, the New York Times publishing pieces about how there's a coup against the Supreme Court, and if the Republicans win, they will have essentially, or if Trump wins, he'll he'll destroy, go- well, it's really Republicans because it's the Senate, too. They'll destroy government forever. Oh, I mean, the hysteria has been amazing, um, in no small part because if you look at the polls and look at all the forecasts, it looks like Hillary's kind of going to coast to a victory. Um, now, not none of them say it's guaranteed, but all the numbers are pointing to Hillary, and yet Democrats and progressives are tearing their hair out and screeching hysterically like, you know, somebody just came by and ripped a lollipop out of their hand. You know, the FBI is mounting a coup against uh, Obama and Hillary. Republicans are going to coup against Hillary. Donald Trump wants a revolution if he doesn't win. Like, these people are hysterical. Like, calm down, folks. It's just an election. And it's an election that it seems likely their candidate is going to win, which makes me feel like, well, my gosh, what's going to happen? If this is how they act where they think Hillary's got it on lock, how do they act if Trump actually were to pull this thing off? Oh, I'm not sure I even have enough imagination to fully, like, think through what they might do and how they might act if somehow um, Hillary were to lose. I mean, they, they still cling to the fiction that Gore won in 2000, like 16 years later. They, they're still, you know, uh, pushing out the lie that Bush stole it and Gore was the legitimate winner. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I honestly cannot imagine what the freakout would be 
Um, in fact, the, the, the rewriting, the rewriting of history on that freak out in particular, Sean, has been so amazing that not only do we, we sort of forget now that Gore made, a con- made the concession phone call and then retracted it and said, well, don't get snippy, uh, and then <laughs> continued to drag this, you know, keep looking for the courts to hand the election to him or, you know, go one, go to another, only want to count some votes from some counties, not from others. Uh, every single recount that's ever been done uh, and every, every real analysis of it shows that Gore lost and yet now Gore is hailed as sort of an exemplar of, of democracy and peaceful transition to power because eventually the Supreme Court was like, no, sorry, like this is over with. You lost. And he wasn't, I don't know, le- leading some sort of a of an insurgency against the government afterwards. It's crazy. Well, he, he, that's a great point that uh, New York Times editorial, I think it was yesterday or the day before, about the Republican coup against the Supreme Court actually said of Al Gore and his 2000 behavior, that he selflessly conceded. He was so gracious in 2000. And the thing is, if you go back, and again, if you lived through what happened then, uh, or if you look at uh, and read through what happened then, he actually never conceded that he lost. The only thing he conceded was that he had no other options left after the Supreme Court smacked him down. But yeah, the, the need to revise history to cast Republicans as the most evil villains in all of history uh, all the time it's it's just you know I guess when you make God your government, every election is an existential crisis. So in some ways, their hysteria makes sense. I've actually given the dem or given uh, Democrats in the media, I think in some cases, too much credit, and I give them very little. So that's that's pretty pretty depressing. But I've assumed that any of them would at least have the the self respect to feel gross as they sort of carry Queen Hillary on their shoulders across the finish line. And that there was the love for Obama that that didn't uh, that does not and, and will not exist for Hillary among the media. Oh, I mean, they'll they'll go to the same lengths to defend her, but it's not it's done out of obligation. Right. H- Hillary is like the cousin that's invited to the wedding because she's a cousin. Obama was, you know, the best man. Obama was the groom. Obama was everything. Right. He was he was the center of their love universe. Uh, but there are a few that take this a little far. You have your colleague over the Federalist, Molly Hemingway. Pointing out that what was this a New York yeah a New York Times reporter wrote this about Hillary at one of her recent rallies, her arms thrust skyward, one after the other, in what starts to feel like a dance. There's an unfamiliar sense of abandon and joy. The rain grows heavier. Her wet clothes turn a shade darker. She cracks a wide smile. She takes in the scene around her and laughs before she finishes her sentence. She's drenched now. Her voice hoarse. The storm is mussing her hair. It's time to leave the stage. But just before doing so, she turns and raises both arms, giving herself up to the storm and the moment and the looming end of this adventure. I mean, this is like this is like the stuff that you get in the uh, in the grocery store and the that sort of sketchy book aisle as you're checking out. Yeah, people normally hide that magazine inside a more respectable, respectable magazine when they read it. But, you know, I think in some senses you're right. You know, Obama's he was the one who got the wedding invitation, and Hillary was just kind of the plus one. Um, but in some ways I disagree. So I don't think the press is going to feel icky or gross at all about what they did, um, especially if Hillary wins. I think they're going to be empowered. 
they are going to feel like they are untouchable and they can do whatever they want. They picked the Republican nominee. They built him up knowing that they were just going to tear him down. They cast him as the worst person in history, literally uh, Hitler uh, re-embodied. They are going to look at what happened in this election if Hillary wins and say, we can do whatever we want and you can't stop us. So rather than feeling gross, I think they are going to feel completely, completely empowered that they can do whatever they want, whenever they want. Now, I know you're you're very uh, critical of Trump. Um, You know, I criticize Trump, but I wouldn't describe myself as as particularly critical, especially compared to other conservatives out there who just just can't can't stomach some of the nonsense. So uh, that said and and taking that into full account, given what you're telling us about the media wouldn't Trump's victory be something of the proverbial extended solitary digit from one's hand towards the media? Oh, no, I, I think that's totally correct. Um, my argument for the last couple of months is that the best argument to vote for Trump is schadenfreude. It, it, vote for him because all the people that hate you will just be absolutely driven mad by it. Yeah, that's pretty much why I voted for him this morning. I'll be honest, yeah. that, that was it. I was like, I can't let Hillary win, and all the Hillary enablers, I just hate him. I just hate him. The, the best case for Trump has nothing to do with Trump. It has everything to do with the media establishment, with the political establishment in America, that for years has looked down on its nose at anyone who doesn't have a college degree or didn't go to an Ivy League school. And you're right, a, a Trump victory would be a big uh, you-know-what to, to that entire establishment. So uh, I com- I agree completely that if you want these people to just feel pain and misery, by all means, vote for Trump, because nothing else will do it like a Trump victory would. And I do have to say they must be prepared. You're, you're right that they'll feel like they're they're sort of back in the, you know, back in the captain's chair or whatever. Um, and, and they're going to be running the show, meaning the media. They were able to because because Hillary is is completely being propped up and pushed forward by by the media. Democrats aren't enthusiastic about her. There have been, you know, there's been all sorts of uh, opportunities, I think, to really damage, to run very damaging stories on Hillary Clinton. And they've always sort of done it in a way that they cover it, but they do it in a context that it won't really harm her candidacy. Uh, that said, if she wins, they're, they're going to have to be ready for the siege uh, that they're going to be surrounded with the moment that she becomes the president. Uh, there's just no way that the American people – she talks about unity and she's got this message now about she wants to be the president for everybody. She's as divisive a figure as could be elected in this country right now. You're exactly right. And it's interesting looking just kind of at the partisan breakdown over the last really 16 years. I'm not convinced um, that given the current crop of leaders, this is a country that can be united. Because if, if you look at Trump, he's clearly dug in. He's got his faction. He's got – the people who he wants to do favors for, and they're not the people that Hillary wants to do favors for. And she has the same problem. Half of the country looks at the other half of the country and says, you don't belong here. I don't want you here. You're uh, unhuman. You're unpersoned. And we're not even going to acknowledge your existence. Between Hillary and Trump, um, I don't see how either of them actually rises above and acts like a leader and unites the country. So you're exactly right that when Hillary comes in, She's not taking power uh, in a country that's super excited for her, ready for her to do whatever she wants. She's taking power in an extremely divided country and will likely be the most hated president in American history when she takes office. Yeah, and I think that uh, – I know that people always talk about the power of the incumbency and 
and that's certainly very real. But you know, there, there's no honeymoon period for her. anyway. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't. We don't know what's going to happen. But uh, any sort of expectations you have for tonight? Any 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 gut feelings, instincts? Do you have any thoughts on the Senate? You know, where what's what's going to be popping around Sean Davis's brain tonight as we get the uh, as we get the first rounds of results in. So I've I've kind of divided um, I guess the little benchmarks for the evening in, into a couple different uh, points. So I think the first thing to pay attention uh, tonight as results come in is New Hampshire and North Carolina. If Trump loses both of those, it's going to be really 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 difficult for him um, to put together 270 votes elsewhere. Um, but say he wins those, then the next hurdles are Florida, Ohio, Iowa. He pretty much needs all of those. Um, and then as you go out later in the night, as we move uh, west, um, Nevada, that's going to be a big one. And then there are a couple wild cards in there, Pennsylvania, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan. If Trump somehow pulls out Pennsylvania, uh, I think the thing's over. I think he'll be the next president. Um, but so what I've done is I've set up a little, a few things, five, ten to watch throughout the night to kind of see what uh, they're telling us about uh, what the results are going to end up looking like. And your going to respond to a Trump victory or a Trump loss? How? Is there a, is there a bottle oh. of something 120 proof under your desk? I mean, what do we got? Oh, no. I'm going to bathe in the delicious tears of uh, hysterical progressives. Nice. Well, yeah, I mean, you could drink to celebrate or drink to be sad. I just don't know. I mean, some people do both. Yeah, porque no no dos, right? So it looks like it looks like Sean Davis is going to party either way. Dep- doesn't matter which party wins, Sean Davis is going to have a party. Don't worry, be happy. There we go. Sean, are you going to write anything on this uh, for the Federalist tomorrow? Uh, we'll see. Let's see where the night takes us. <laughs> Let's see. Sean doesn't want to make any promises, everybody. He doesn't want to get you guys all excited uh, and then not deliver. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out for it. Definitely, uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing some tweets from you tonight. Sean will be battling with progressives on Twitter. It's always fun to watch. Sean Davis, co-founder of the Federalist. Sir, happy, uh, happy Election Day. Same to you. Always fun. Thanks for having me on. The Buck Sexton Show. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.